0: With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo 5 0. Mojo 5 0. We will make America great again. Sam Sorbo. Welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm joined by a special guest, Clay Clark. He is an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. He actually is a business coach and he also produces the Thrive Time show. He also produces these, the most recent things that we're seeing, the health and freedom conferences with uh, Mike Flynn and uh, Mike Lindell, General Flynn, I should say, uh, uh, Mike Lindell etc lots of people who go who who speak at these things and more importantly lots of people showing up for these things so welcome to the program clay clark
1: sam sorbo thank you for allowing me to to be here with you
0: allowing you are you kidding i begged and pleaded for you to come on the show and you barely found time in your busy busy schedule to come on with me
1: <laughs> well i'll tell you there's a lot of uh stuff going on today you know behind me Uh, Last time we interviewed together, I was at our different office. We started this office two and a half years ago, and it's finally complete. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes because when the lockdown occurred, uh, we turned our building into a church on Thursday nights. And so Pastor Leon Benjamin is the pastor of that. And then we also serve as the call center. We work with Dr. Jim Meehan. So people out there who have uh, COVID-19 and they want to get the 100% effective treatments, you know, budesonide, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. We have that going on. We also run a dog training franchise, a haircut chain, and the Reawakening America Tours. A lot of stuff is happening. So if my head explodes during today's interview, you'll know that's why.
0: Yeah, so you've got you do have a lot of stuff going on, but I, I want to talk to you just briefly, as by way of introduction, give us a brief, brief history of how you how you got to this place. Cause you are kind of a, a renaissance man, if you will.
1: Well, I will say this. Um you, you know that the film industry, and you might uh know of the if for people out there who are not familiar with the film industry, you have these people called grippers. And it's like you start off at the bottom and your job is to basically move equipment around, move cords, do whatever is necessary. You kind of walk onto the set and hope for an opportunity. And my opportunity that I created for myself was I was a disc jockey. And so brides would come to bridal shows and trade shows, and I would sit there. I'd set up a booth at David's Bridal or at the bridal shows, and I would tell the bride I was 18 years old, 17 years old, I would say, I'd love to DJ for your wedding. And uh, I'll I'll DJ it for a dollar. You pay me a dollar. And then after the wedding, if you're happy, you can pay me whatever amount you want the night of the wedding. But it's just a dollar. Well, if you're a bride and you recognize that the DJ makes or breaks the event, they're going, I don't know. So I'd meet with the bride. I would schedule an appointment with her mom. And I would obsess over... Okay, the guests get there at six o'clock. What kind of background music do you want? Okay, how do you want to be introduced? When are you doing your first dance, the cutting of the cake, the father, the bride dance, the bouquet toss, the garter toss, the grand intro, the electric slide. Do you like that? Do you not? And I'm going over every detail and the bride goes, you are very detailed. I said, listen, your entire wedding will be broken up into 10-minute increments. Nobody will have any idea all the detail going into it, but I'll coordinate with the photographer, the videographer, the florist. Everything's going to be perfect. And they go, well, you're kind of like our coordinator and the MC." And I said, well, yeah. Well, once I nailed that down, uh, we started doing 4,000 weddings a year. So imagine 80 disc jockeys, the vans, the equipment, the mics, everything. Oh, and- so
0: you actually you moved... Very quickly, you moved into the coordinating phase.
1: Yes, and that was where the value proposition was, is the DJ slash entertainer coordinator. And then brides would tell me, you know, the photographer I used for my wedding was great, but my sister's was terrible. Do you have a good photographer you'd recommend for my friend? And there was only a few good photographers in Tulsa. So I started uh, the region's largest wedding photography company, then the region's largest uh, party rental entertainment company where you rent tables, uh, dance floors, chairs, that kind of thing. And then I ended up building the region's largest uh, bridal shows where it's like a bridal expo. And so I did that. And then people started calling me because I kept winning business awards and uh, (laughs) dentists and doctors and lawyers kept saying, could you help me grow my business? You DJed my daughter's wedding and we rented chairs from you and we went to your bridal show. Is there any way that you could uh, help us grow our dentistry? And so I kept saying yes. I kept saying yes. And uh, 160 clients later, I had found that I couldn't, I didn't want to add any more clients. I was very happy with 160 clients and so since 2006 I've worked with 160 clients and the average client grows uh, grew last year by 104% and uh that would be uh during covid yeah it's like winner's king uh they represent uh, and I'm not saying I agree with their 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 ideology or their their but I'm saying they represent some of the biggest pastors in America New York Times best selling uh, authors you know that kind of thing that's winnersking.com then I work with Oklahoma's largest home building company shawhomes.com and I could go off listing all these people but they're all documented at uh, thrivetimeshow.com uh, thrivetimeshow.com and because I don't take on new clients unless we have an opening there's a waiting list And now, Sam, it's gotten to be kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because because I only say yes to people that are hardworking, diligent clients. And so I look like a really good coach uh, because I only work with diligent clients. And and I tell them I want $1,700 a month. It's month to month. But I get a small percentage of the growth. And so the best example I could give you would be there's a Christian man by the name of Randy Antrikin. He and his wonderful wife. Uh, he grew his company, pmhokc.com, pmhokc.com. And they were doing 50000 a month before they met me about three years ago. They do outdoor kitchens and fireplaces, that kind of thing, pergolas. And they just passed $1.2 million of sales for this month. So they went from $50,000 a month to $1.2 a month. And I get a small percentage of the upside. And so a small percentage of a lot of numbers, uh, that's how I did it. And then through that process, you meet some real wonderful people like yourself. And uh, I felt like America needed to have a reawakening America to a right in the middle of a pandemic because COVID-19 is 100% treatable using budesonide, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. And all of my doctors that I work with directly are treating their COVID patients with zero deaths,
0: zero deaths. So just How many to- deaths? How many deaths? Zero. If you think zero? about Dr. Sherwood, uh, Dr. Sherwood, Sherwood. TV. Sherwood.tv. Okay, hold on, hold on. We're going to get into all the COVID stuff, oh, yeah. but I do want to post at least one of these interviews because we're doing two segments. I, okay. I want to post one on YouTube.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll so
0: I will refer people over to sorbos.locals.com uh, where we will get into the experience with COVID, Fair. but from a business perspective, because you're clearly you're a, you know, I'm going to use air quotes because you're definitely not small, but you, you are a small business in that, in the sense that that's how you started. That's how most businesses started. And that is the story of the United States. In fact, that is really the vehicle that we have to secure our freedom. And yet what we're experiencing today is very much an attack on small business by our government. Wouldn't you agree with that?
1: I agree with that. And I would say if anybody out there has not yet seen uh, the video footage, if you go to rumble.com and you just type in Klaus Schwab, uh, Klaus Schwab is the author of this book. Called the, you know, this is what it's called. And Klaus Schwab, Schwab, it's called I heard the Great Reset. It's his own <laughs> book. I mean, it's, it's available on Amazon. And, and, and if you buy it, it explains how he wants to end American sovereignty and individual property ownership this year. And this is his book where he explains that they want to do this. And so what's happening is these people, these globalists, they want to end America. This year, And I'm just going to point this out. And I always go back. I'm going to go back to movies because um, that's kind of the background about how I know about you guys. You and your husband, you guys put out great films. And you know what? Thank the you. market gets to vote with their dollars. Right. So if I watch your husband's newest film and I like it and I go, wow, that's good. I tell people then then the movie does well. If the movie if I if I um, don't like the movie and I don't tell my friends, then, then it doesn't do well. Well, what's happening is in Hollywood. They like to make it where the small guy doesn't even have a chance. They just block you out. So you can't have a movie in theaters unless you're endorsed by big Hollywood. And they're wanting to do big pharma, big Hollywood, big business, big, big, big.
0: So to be clear, you can put a movie in theaters, but because Hollywood controls the media, no one will ever hear about it. Correct. Basically. So it's not just that, that if Clay likes a movie and he tells you, you go see the movie, that's true. Word of mouth. But here's, here's where it differs. I, as a film producer, I need word of mouth because, because the view isn't going to have me on, um, people magazine, isn't going to do a write-up about the movie or us weekly or goodness knows whatever rags there are out there. Right. Right. Because the media doesn't want to report on it, but so, so all we have is word of mouth. And word of mouth used to be Facebook, YouTube. And, and now they're shutting that down. And so you've got you know, Facebook. Well, you, it's, cra- it's crazy what they're doing, right?
1: Let me say this. This is interesting. I just talked to a guy today and he said to me, Clay, how have you marketed these reawakening America events? And I'm just going to tell people how I did it. And maybe this will blow someone's mind, maybe not. What I found is when people go to timetofreeamerica.com, and then hopefully this is some good marketing tips for you. You go to And If you're watching right now, you're trying to decide, should I go to this event? And by the way, we have 164 tickets left for San Antonio, just under 2,000 left for Dallas, and then I'm done doing these events, okay? Um, but here's the deal, is when you go there, you, it's top-down marketing. So if you have a website right now, anybody out there who has a website, what you want to do is you want to put the most important thing first. It's called Hieratic scaling. So, General Flynn, in my mind, has the top rec- name recognition of anybody that that has spoken at the events. The second, oh, I'm would not be at Mike, the top. I get uh, it. no, no, you're you're not at the top. But we love <laughs> you. Um, and then Bobby Kennedy Jr., who is more left of center, he is the, the second biggest name in my opinion. Mike Lindell, an
0: enormous, he is such a hero right now. It's correct. crazy how great he is. And I approached him with a good deal of skepticism, but he's he's doing an amazing thing right now. He's
1: leaving the family plantation, figuratively speaking. He's the family narrative. He's doing a great job. So I put the top people first. And when you click to request tickets, you go there, then you give a little more detail. So you can see who all the individual speakers are, that kind of thing. But marketing is how do you get people to the site? That's the big question. Now, So again, just walking people through business tips right here. Step one, get people's attention. Step Two, you make people an offer so hot, so good, so amazing, it's called a no-brainer, that people almost can't say no to it. So the no-brainer that I have for these events is you can name your price. And people go, how do you make any money? Well, let's go back to my DJ career. I tell the bride, I said, Sam, you're marrying this guy, Kevin, and I really want to not, I want your wedding to be awesome. And so I'm going to DJ it for a dollar. And at the end of the event, you can pay me based upon how happy you are, but I'm going to treat you just like you paid full price. Well, the bride starts to go, What's, it, what's the catch? Well, the thing is, I mean, think about it. I'm betting. I mean, I have a wife, kids. I'm betting on myself. And so what happen is I'd get to the end of these wedding receptions. On the night of the wedding, I'd walk up to the bride and go, are you happy? You know, I check in and she goes, this is the best wedding I've ever been to. And so the market rate on average was like $600 for a wedding. Brides would pay me $2,000, $1,500, massive tips because they were so happy. And then every once in a while, someone would pay me a dollar. And that would happen. So, but the idea with these events is we're telling people, if you can afford 250 you pay 250 for a general admission. But if you can't, I, I don't, it's between you and God, whatever you can afford. But I'm going to bring you professional sound, lights, security, food, top notch everything. And I'm just asking you to meet me halfway. So, how do you get their attention? What I did is I made a list of the top podcasts that I felt like were the most relevant for people that are critical thinking, people that like critical thinking. So, libertarians, uh, conservatives, uh, people middle of the road, independents. Republicans, these Tea Party people. I made a list of all the podcasts. There's a list of about 300 of them on my on my wall back here, which, by the way, uh, Yahoo now calls the, the, the center of the QAnon conspiracy. If you type in Clay Clark whiteboard, somebody took a picture of my whiteboard and it somehow is called the center of the QAnon conspiracy. But anyway, so I called these top 300 podcasters and some said yes and some said no. And because I'm missing my amygdala, I don't really care about a rejection too much. Well, oh,
0: that's care. what it is. Okay, go ahead.
1: So people are like, no, I don't want <laughs> to identified. But some people say yes. And uh, so each interview that I'm on, I would average about 100 people that would buy a ticket per interview. And I'm just doing the math. I'm going, well, I probably need to do 30 interviews. Uh, so I did a bunch of interviews and then a few bigger shows like Monkey Works or X-22, uh, even CNN, they've had me on. And when they have you on... Um, sometimes these are things kind of go viral and I can't control what goes viral or not, but I can control my activity and I can control, uh, I can't control. I mean, I had a lot of interviews that get, got deleted off of YouTube, deleted off of Facebook, deleted, but then it's just the activity. And I just stay focused on the activity, focused on the activity. I've always been staying. I always stay focused on the activity. And if you focus on what you can control, then, uh, you let God do the supernatural, but the natural, you do your thing. And then in t- Tulsa, I'm proud to announce, I mean, we had, Ah uh, forty it was just under forty that was the 000.
0: that was the first one yeah, and, and i I, I do want to get into this, but we've already all we're we're over my time, so I'm gonna oh. take a quick break. We will be right back with Clay Clark. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. all right. welcome back to the Sam Sorbo show. My guest is Clay Clark. We're gonna continue this conversation because you're on fire so uh so your first event that you did for the Health and Freedom Conference. Uh, was in um, Tulsa and, yeah, and your, the website is com. just so that people know because you're still you've got tickets for San Antonio still available a few and you've got some Dallas tickets that are still available
1: yeah Go it's ahead. right now I mean just so we're clear I've got 160 some odd tickets are left for San Antonio Dallas just topped under 2000. I have a whiteboard back here where I keep track of all this and the requests are just flying in. So I would just say, if you want to get out to it, I would today fill out the form and something kind of weird. This is weird. I'm not going to mention the word, but because of the weird year we're in, um, we have to vet people. I never thought I'd see a time in American history where I have to vet ticket buyers, but my team literally has to duck, duck, go you or Google you and then call you and then have a conversation and try to use some discernment. And then, By the way,
0: folks, I didn't feel a thing when they Googled me, but.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just saying there are some people that are, are, are leading members of Antifa yes. that want nothing more than to come to the event and create a scene. We've had CNN reporters buy tickets or try to buy tickets. And so you have to bring your ID to get in. It's like it's a high integrity election. And so Tulsa <laughs> did very well. 7.1 million people streamed to the event. Tampa, you were at Tampa, uh, the, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, through the grace of God, was able to construct a dome-like structure to accommodate almost 8,000 people in time for the event. When I got there to inspect the facility the week before the event, they were still building the dome as we got there. Um, we went to Anaheim, and Anaheim, we were, uh, uh, certain city officials threatened Matt Gates and told Matt Gates he had to shut down his event, event because of health concerns, uh, and we went ahead and had our event anyway, and we did just fine. And then we went to Michigan, and uh, Michigan, they looked at me like we were from a, a like a, like we were aliens. People from Michigan, because uh, apparently many of the people there they haven't had an event in Grand Rapids in eighteen months, and so a lot of the workers they were talking to me, they would take take off their masks. I talked to one guy, and he said he's a janitor guy, and he says we haven't had an event here, and I mean, I don't even know, maybe a year. And this is
0: why, but but just to get back to some serious stuff. I mean, this yeah. not that that's not serious, but. They're shutting down small business and large business. What was astonishing to me is I get that Target and Walmart went along. I don't understand why all the small businesses went along. And now Target and Walmart are going to rue the day because they're next on the list. Do they not understand that they are next on the list? So they made, hey,
1: go ahead. I I would just say this. Um, You are someone who I have a lot of respect for because When we start doing these uh, homeschool workshops and people are going to come, the reason why I called you first, I I asked you, I said, Sam, we got to do so many people are coming to these reawaken America events and they're all asking, how do they homeschool their kids? I mean, everybody's asking, how can I homeschool my kids? And I said, you've got to be, you got to do the first homeschool workshop with us. You got to be like, we got to do these because I know that you've been on film before. And when you're on film, Everybody judges you. Everyone has an opinion, right? Oh my gosh, that looks so fake. That looks great. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Oh, why did they choose her for that part? Oh, she's, so if you ever put yourself out there, you're going to have criticism. Aristotle, the only way to avoid criticism is to say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Unfortunately, our public school system teaches kids, if you put up your hand, it is time to criticize the person who puts their hand up. We've taught people as a culture, conform, don't ever do something outside of the norm. And I know this because I you know, started a business in high school. I know this because I stuttered as a kid. I know this because I was the guy at Oral Roberts University to asked questions. You're the weirdo, yeah. Yeah, and people would treat you like you're a crazy person. Like, this guy must have been homeschooled. He's asking questions. <laughs> All I'm saying is so many people fear adversity, but I want to give people a Bible verse, Matthew 5:10 through 11. If I was into tattoos, I would have this tattoo. I'm not into tattoos, but if I was, I would have this. It says Matthew 5, 10 through 11. It says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So all these stores think that by avoiding persecution, they're somehow doing the most convenient thing for their family. They don't want to get fired. They don't want to be controversial. So they go along. And then the general manager or a key uh, person in the NBA working for the Rockets makes a statement that goes against the pro China narrative and the world attacks them. And then there's the wide receiver in the NFL who says, maybe we don't need to take the the, the thing, the injection thing. And then they attack them. And then you see the one actor who says, I don't know if we need to be. So you start to see the real champions, in my opinion, stand up. You start to see the Cole Beasley's of the NFL. You begin to see Mel Gibson's. You start to see these people stand up. You start to see the real lions roar. But as everything is being shaken right now, it's like we're panning for gold. And as everything's being shaken, you're finding who actually loves this country. And I will say the Sorbos do. You guys do. I've talked about this on my show. As we're shaking, shaking, they're going, Kevin, if you speak out, you're going to lose your spot. You have the most popular show in America. If you speak out, you'll never have a movie again. Ah, ah, but he does it. But you did it. They're shaking <laughs> yeah. Mel Gibson. If
0: you make, he the does it anyway. Christ, it's Mel almost Gibson, like a dare.
1: Well, <laughs> Mel Gibson. I mean, Mel Gibson. Mel, if you speak out, if you make Passion of the Christ, we're going to cancel you, even at our event. I talked to Jim Caviezel, and I had pre-prepared questions. I was very careful. I said, "I'm only going to ask you, Jim, these questions because I don't want to make it weird." You know. And then Jim not only answered my question, but he level upped and went way past what I thought he would say. He went all the way down to the core of the truth, talking about trafficking. And boom, CNN attacked him because you just I'm just telling you, this is a shaking right now. It's the separation of the sheep and the goats. Who are the goats? Who are the sheep? Who's with me? Who's against me? And the Bible is very clear in Matthew. It says for me or against me. Folks, this is Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. It says, whoever is not with me is against me. Think about that. So everybody out there, what's happening is I'm seeing, Sam, I'm seeing, I mean, not hundreds. I'm seeing thousands of people saying, I am not going to allow my kids. This is pre-Project Veritas exposing Marxism in schools. They're saying, I'm not going to let my kids be indoctrinated. I'm homeschooling. And now the problem is, it's it's an opportunity as well. There are thousands of people per week saying, "Clay, can you teach me how to homeschool?" Because you you, you and your wife homeschooled, right? I said, "Well, quick quick correction, my wife homeschooled. (laughs) I uh, I just did job." But I said, "So yes, we'll work on." And that's what's happening right now is people are saying. Everything is being shaken. And they're going, I don't even know if I can trust this fiat currency anymore. So people are going, the fiat currency, government's printing money they don't have to buy things they don't need. I think I'm going to go to gold and silver. People are saying that public education has become a Marxist indoctrination. Therefore, I'm looking to homeschool. People are saying, you know, why is it that the medical system makes healthy people sick? Perhaps I'm just going to take, you know, uh, treatments that work. And so you're starting to see everything shake. I'm actually excited because we get to see who is who. I feel like people have been wearing a mask, figuratively speaking. It's been like Halloween for the last 20 years, and it's been easier in America to pretend to be a Christian. But right now, as the shaking is happening, the one thing I am most thankful for is the year 2020 has allowed me to perfectly see who's on our team, who's not. It's given me a wonderful opportunity to meet people like you, people like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, uh, people like Pastor Leon Benjamin, people like General Flynn. General Flynn is a the real deal behind the stage people say what's he like he loves the country and he loves Jesus I mean I if you listen to that man talk if we ever had our calls you know recorded or you were able to, ever, ever able to do a fly on the wall you would think that the, he sounds a lot like Billy Graham on our phone calls where Billy Graham was obsessed about everybody repenting and getting back to Christ it doesn't matter what I ask him I say you know General Flynn uh, your flight's going to fly in at this time. We'll have you speak at this time. And he'll he'll say, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Also, Clay, we got to get America back to God. I mean, it doesn't matter what the topic is. He segues back to that because the man loves America. He loves our God-given freedoms. And he knows we cannot complain about having our inalienable God-given rights taken from us if we take God out of everything. General Flynn loves Jesus. It's amazing.
0: All right. So we're going to take another quick break here. And then the rest of this interview is going to be up on... Um Sorbos.locals.com. Uh, you'll, you'll stay with me, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I want to get into uh, some COVID information because uh, you really have the beat on on all of that, especially yeah. through the conferences that you've produced. And I, I encourage people to go to timetofreeamerica.com and get some tickets for either San Antonio or Dallas. The By the way, these events are amazing. They're like great big rallies where you're amongst people who – who think critically? Who think clearly? Who have a, a better knowledge of what's going on in the world? And you're going to learn some stuff. So, time to freeamerica.com. But I want to talk to you about COVID. But also, if you, how do we get non Christians on board? Got it. And and whether you think that that is important or not. So those are the two questions that I want to ask you um, after we just take this quick break. Uh, quick break for radio and. Join, join us for the rest of this at sorbos.locals.com. I'm Sam Sorbo. This is The Sam Sorbo Show. And welcome to The Sam Sorbo Show. I'm joined by a favorite guest of mine who's been on with me on radio for years now, um, off and on. And he's uh, a syndicated radio host in his own right. He's also a prolific author. And the current, uh, the newest book now is called The Great Patriot and Protest Boycott Book, The Priceless List for conservatives, Christians, patriots, and 80-plus million Trump warriors to cancel, cancel culture, and save America. My guest is Wayne Allen Root. Welcome to the program.
2: Hey, Sam. Great to be with you.
0: It's always great to speak with you. Let's talk first about the book. Uh, what I know what prompted you to write this book, but how long did it take? I, this looks like a very comprehensive list. And um, it's something that I know that people are clamoring for, but it must have taken a lot of work.
2: Yeah. You know, normally uh, this is my 15th book, by the way, normally they're all like three, 400 pages long. This one's a very quick 130 pages, easiest read in the world, because most of it is just re- a resource guide. It was just a lot of research. You know, so I opened with about a 100 page book about what I believe is happening to America. All the scams, all the Ponzi schemes, the media participating in the blackout of Hunter Biden's laptop and participating in the blackout of all the people dying and being crippled from the vaccine, participating in the blackout of the rigging and stealing of the 2020 election. Uh, The list goes on and on. It's incredible the times we're living on. I happen to be Jewish, and I compare this to 1938. I do believe uh, you can never compare anything to the Holocaust. Nobody's killing 6 million people, but I do believe you can compare it to the pre-Holocaust, 1938, where they were busy, uh, poisoning the reputation and the brand of Judaism and Jews in front of millions of people. They're terrible. They're filthy. They're ugly. They've got to be isolated. They can't go to your restaurant. we got to close their businesses. we got to take their guns away. That was 1938. No Holocaust had started. It was just nonstop, terrible propaganda of Jews. And we're in that period now with nonstop propaganda by the media covering up for a feeble, old, senile man with dementia who's destroying the United States because he's a puppet for really evil forces of communism and globalism and authoritarianism uh, uh, fascism all over the world who I think are, are kind of filling in for Joe Biden because he's not the real president of the United States. Anybody could see that. He doesn't even know how to find his way home. He should have a sign around his chest that says, I'm Joe Biden, see my mommy if I ever get lost. Here's the phone number. I mean, this guy couldn't run a country if he tried. So somebody else is running the country. I believe it's George Soros and Barack Obama and the Chinese Communist Party and various other people around the world who hate the United States. And, and Obama's here in his third term Uh, to to come back and finish the job he started. But I, I wrote this book very quickly to get all those ideas across. I've never written a book this quick, Sam. So I wrote it in just a month. And then it took about three months of a team of 20 people dialing all day long, all the biggest woke liberal corporations in America to get the CEO's name, The board of directors name, the contact phone number, the email to that CEO and also the uh, physical mailing address if you want to send a snail mail letter and then the social media address, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for every one of the top 100 plus woke companies in America that survive based on us, conservatives and patriots and Christians, buying their products while at the same time they're insulting us and denigrating us and supporting causes that are horrible for us or just ignoring us. So now you know how to contact every one of them. I've given you in this book all the contact information that was probably the reason you never called them before and said, I want to boycott you, I want to protest you, I'm not buying your stuff anymore – Who has the time to go find this stuff? So I figured, you know what? I never had the time. Let me hire a team to go find it all and we'll put it all in a book. And the whole back of the book is this information that I think is priceless. And now every conservative patriot and Christian has got this information. Now we can take on the corporations and bring them to their knees and act like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. It's time two could play at that game. Sam. We don't have to be so nice anymore. We got to be tough and rough and take them on because they're the key. Corporations give all the donations that allow the Democrat politicians and the rhinos to act the way they do. If we cut them off at their knees, we can change corporate behavior and change the direction of America.
0: Now, I, 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 I haven't seen the book yet, but um, I, are the different corporations that you cite in there, do you Do you cite the problems that they have? Do you define what is woke about that corporation for each of them?
2: No, actually, I don't because we just didn't have the time. I wanted to get this out right away. I I personally made the decision which companies were the most woke and the most liberal based on hundreds and hundreds of news clippings that I've saved over the years on my computer that tell me which companies are bad. AT&T that owns CNN, Ben & Jerry's that constantly supports liberal and Palestinian causes and hates Israel. Uh, the list goes on and on. Victoria's Secret that's made the decision, you know, that the people on the runway shouldn't be gorgeous, you know, phenomenal five foot ten models that that every man goes, wow, I want to buy those clothes for my wife. Now there are a bunch of transsexuals and, and incredibly obese women and, and women with, uh, you know, I, I can't even explain how bad it is the, nobody will ever buy their clothes again. So we go after those companies, the NFL, the NBA, major league baseball that moved the all-star game because of voter ID as if that's a big sin in the NFL, they support black lives matter. But to be honest with you, most of the companies on the list, their single biggest defense was giving millions or tens of millions to black lives matter. You know, to me, that's a Marxist racist organization that hates cops hates white people, hates men in the household, believes in Marxism, hates capitalism, hates America. Everything good about America is anti Black Lives Matter. And so we got to stop these companies from their social justice platforms uh, before they destroy this country. I'll give you one more example. Nordstrom is on the list, Uh, not just because they gave, excuse me, money to BLM, but because they've instituted uh, a social justice platform where one out of every two managers they hire has to be a minority. These are the things that are destroying America. I don't have a racist bone in my body. I hope they hire all minorities if they are good enough to get the job. But you don't hire someone because of the color of their skin. How ironic is it that if you hired someone because they were white, you'd be a racist, but they're saying hire people just because they're black or Hispanic, and that's not racism. It's the exact same racism, and we've got to take these people on. And I know it's working, Sam, because I got one email, one on Friday, just one saying, I bought your book, I immediately got to work, I sent out three emails, and the CEO it went straight to the CEO's office i never expected a reply and three CEOs of billion dollar companies responded to me and said please tell me what's wrong what did i do wrong how can i prevent a boycott can you imagine if thousands called them and emailed them or tens of thousands or a hundred thousand or a million, we Mm -hmm. can take down entire companies agendas. So, you know, all of that's in the book. I didn't have time. I wanted to get it out so fast. I wanted it to get out six months ago. I barely got it out a week ago. Uh, You know, we had a team of people dialing all day long. So I did the best I could and and we're going to have a follow-up book with all that information and another follow-up book called the great, Uh, Patriot instead of protest and boycott book, the great Patriot uh, boycott book that tells you the top 100 companies that support conservatives, Christians and patriots that you should buy from. So all of this is coming together very quickly at light speed.
0: Nice. So I want to get into this idea that I've been hearing bantered about of having basically Two alternate sort of um, economies in a sense. So you'll have the you'll have the, the regular economy, the woke economy, and then you'll have the Christian conservative economy that's that runs in a sense parallel. Have you heard of this idea?
2: I, you know, I hadn't, but I, I it's certainly something I talk about on my radio show. I didn't know others were preaching it. I'm saying on my radio show, look, you know, I, I wish I was never divorced. But Sam, I've been divorced. Matter of fact, you met my ex-wife and we have a great relationship, thank God. And we love our kids, thank God. Divorce is a horrible word, but it's also not that horrible of a word. Everyone gets over it. It's better than wanting to jump across the kitchen table and choke each other. Sometimes divorce is necessary. I think America's in a divorce period right now. I don't think we can live with these people anymore. I think we need some form of a divorce, whether it's a parallel economy, whether it's something akin to secession, where there's going to be 20 odd states in America that are, are conservative and Christian oriented and, and say, you know, Texas, Florida, uh, South Dakota, and they Utah, Oklahoma, and they band together versus the other states that are woke and liberal. But I know one thing, Sam, it's time for a divorce because mommy is liberal and mean and nasty and wants to kill daddy. And daddy's a conservative patriot and they can't live together anymore. And it's better for the kids if they separate. And if they get divorced, I think it's time to accept that word. Most people don't like the word secession. It sounds like the civil war and I want to avoid a war, but I think people accept the word divorce because almost everyone in America has been touched by it at this point. Their kids are divorced, they're divorced, their parents were divorced. So they've they've been Uh, acclimated to the word divorce. I think it's time to start thinking about ways to separate uh, uh, conservative states from liberal states because we can't live under leadership like California or New York. And and I spent my life living in California and New York uh, and then moved to Vegas 20 years ago and had the greatest 20 year run anyone could ever have. It was free here. And the income tax was zero here. And the business rules were nothing here compared to New York and California. I made money. I lived a great life. I bought fancy houses with all the money I saved in taxes. I I could do what I wanted with the money. I went out to eat every night. What a great life. That's coming to an end. I can see now, in the next five years, I'm going to have to leave Nevada because it's becoming a blue state. And, and the point is, we all need to go where we need to go. I'm looking at Dallas area, I'm looking at uh, Florida cities in Florida. I'm looking at new places to live, Park City, Utah, that are in red states where I can live my life and be left alone by government. Sadly, I, I don't think that's the future of Nevada. I think we're becoming a mini-California, and it's probably all over. And, and how did it happen? Voter ID. As soon as you allowed illegal aliens to register at DMV to drive, they were also automatically registered to vote in Nevada. As soon as we gave that right that illegals can drive in our country and they're here illegally, they have no right to be here. You're giving them a license. At that moment, it had nothing to do with the license. It was a liberal plan to get them all registered to vote. And Nevada is a very red Republican state. Everyone I meet is a strong Republican. I can't say that in California. Everyone I meet here is a Republican, yet we lose the state every election. We lose, we lose, we lose by a lousy thirty five thousand votes out of one point five million. You know why? About two hundred thousand illegals are voting in the state. And that's the margin of victory. And once you allow foreigners who aren't legal in your country to decide elections and they get bigger welfare checks, that's the end of America. It's certainly the end of Nevada. So things are going very bad in Nevada. But they're going very good in some select red states like Texas, Florida, South Dakota, et cetera, Utah. And and we've got to act like them. And maybe we all got to move to those states. Some sort of a divorce is coming. I could tell you
0: that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I want to get I want to get further into that. We have to take a quick break. And then I also want to talk to you about um, the border and the fact that we've got a, a number of public servants who are refusing the jab. Stay tuned. This is the Sam Sorbo Show. And welcome back to the Sam Sorbo Show. My guest is Wayne Allen Root. He is the author of this new book, which is um, called The Great Patriot and Protest Boycott Book, the priceless list for conservatives, Christians, patriots, and 80 million-plus Trump warriors to cancel cancel culture. So it's really fighting back against the cancel culture by canceling it. It's a little bit hypocritical to cancel cancel culture, I suppose, but not really Um, So, Wayne, you know, we were talking before the break about um, uh, about this divorce that you're sort of predicting. (laughs) I don't I can't I can't imagine how it works. I understand that we we're going to have two two economies because, I mean, I'm seeing I'm still seeing people on Twitter Saying if you're refusing the jab, then that's your choice to not want to be engaged in um, engaged in any interactions publicly, um, not be able to you know buy food at the store. Like like there's the, there's these nasty threats of your entire livelihood, and you started this show by talking about 1938 Germany, but literally that's the thing that pops into my mind is is marginalizing people because they. They don't want a jab
2: yeah about two weeks ago joe biden gave a national address and if you put the word jew replacing the word unvaccinated it sounded like 1938 everything he said was like we and i i am unvaccinated my family's unvaccinated so he's talking about us so i could say we personally we are filthy we are terrible we are spreading disease we shouldn't be in regular society anymore That's what Hitler and and Goebbels and the Germans said about the Jews. This is outrageous. The people I've met who are unvaccinated are what I call the salt of the earth, greatest people in America, the backbone of America, the foundation of America, the economic engine of America. They're mostly conservatives, although not only conservatives. There's a lot of African-Americans in the Black community who are unvaccinated and want to join with us in this battle against vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. But it's mostly conservatives who voted for Trump ironically, because Trump's the one that introduced the jab. That's the most ironic thing. Look, I love the guy. I think he's the greatest president in my lifetime. I think he's one of the great presidents in history, but he made a mistake. I think the mistake now is, you know he listened to doctors he's not a doctor trump isn't expected to know what's in a vaccine and it's not a vaccine by the way it's it's a jab it's gene therapy actually it's it's experimental emergency use only gene therapy and no one has any idea how bad it can it can result in death and crippling and problems no one knew and i said this to everyone sam on my show Three hours a day on national radio, I kept saying, you don't know what's going to happen. I'm not telling you not to take it. I'm saying, don't take it now. Wait and see what happens. Well, here it is, what, nine months later after it started. And if you look at the VAERS vaccine adverse event reporting system, which has been around for 40 years and always reported deaths and injuries from vaccines, it is the worst vaccine if you want to keep calling it a vaccine i call it a jab it's the worst vaccine or jab in the history of the world never has a jab caused this many deaths injuries adverse effects or crippling lifetime of pain never do you know Uh, why times two
0: right but the reason is because the moment that the that the newest vaccine what whatever the newest vaccine was the moment that it topped a certain number of deaths they they yanked it off the shelves Right. They, exactly. they stopped giving it to people. But for exactly. some reason with this one, they're basically <laughs> ignoring. And in fact, they stopped recording adverse right. events at it's some May point
2: at, on May 1st. They stopped recording deaths from this experimental vaccine in many places around the country. Not everywhere in Nevada, where I live, Clark County. Uh, I haven't seen the most recent one, but as recently as a month ago, it was like 56 percent of everyone who died in Clark County in the month of either July or August. I can't remember which one it was now, but it was about 30 days ago in the last month. Fifty six percent of everyone who died was vaccinated. In Israel, everyone's been vaccinated. It's the most vaccinated country in the world. And everyone is sick with COVID. It's the most COVID sick nation in the world. The hospitals are full and the morgue is full. They're dying like flies in Israel. And they've all been vaccinated. Same thing in, U- in uh, UK, uh, in-, in England. Same exact thing. Almost everyone has died, England and Scotland. In the last month, 80% of the deaths Reported in Scotland were were people who have been fully vaccinated. Did so you see? This is a story they won't
0: let out in the media. Did you see the the Kamala Harris's um, appearance on the View, and then at the very last at the very last minute, two of the View hosts tested positive for COVID, and so they ushered them off the set. But then eventually, they didn't even bring Kamala onto the set. I guess they were too. Um, too afraid or what have you. But here's the, here's my problem with this. You have the two hosts and they left and, uh, Joy Behar said they, you know, for, for whatever reason they tested positive, but they've been, they've been vaccined out the wazoo, she said. And, uh, the assumption is, of course, Kamala's been vaccinated. So what is the vaccine if it's not protecting people from getting COVID?
2: Well, I've argued this from day one. All the rules are so ridiculous. You'd have to be a complete moron to accept any of them. I mean, if in fact you're vaccinated, I'm not, what are you afraid of? If the vaccine actually works, you'd have nothing to be afraid of, but they all know the vaccine doesn't work. If you're masked and I'm not, what are you afraid of if you believe masks work? If the religion of masks is your religion, what are you afraid of if I don't have a mask on and you do? Matter of fact, if you have a mask on, And you're vaccinated. Why would you be hysterical about me not having a mask and not being vaccinated? You're fully protected. But the fact is, Sam, they're not fully protected all over the world. And in the United States, follow the media. Hollywood, high profile personalities, sports, athletes are all vaccinated and getting COVID. Right. Now, there are the argument is they're getting it but it's not as bad. They're not dying from it. Well, in Israel and in England, they are dying from it. And in Clark County a month ago, that shows they were dying from it. And I believe there's a massive cover up going on. All the numbers are false. All of them. What are we doing?
0: What are we doing with, you know, the, the number of people now who are public servants, who are refusing to get the jab. And these are healthcare workers. Some of them, healthcare workers on the front lines, and they're refusing the jab and yep. you have to wonder, do they know something that the rest of us don't know?
2: Well, I, I, you know, look, a lot of policemen don't want the jab. A lot of firemen don't want the jab. A lot of paramedics don't want the jab. A lot of nurses don't want the jab. A lot of military don't want the jab. Navy SEALs don't want the jab. Jet fighter pilots don't want the jab. Think if we lost... or even 20% or even 10% of all of those professions, America would be plunged into horrible crisis. It would be a true emergency because all those people aren't employed anymore and they're willing to give up their lifetime of work, which was leading to a 20-year Pension, you know, or in other words, after 20 years, they'd get a lifetime pension and they're giving it up rather than be vaccinated. And I don't know if policemen have any great medical insights, but I know you could argue nurses in the ER and the ICU have seen the actual victims of this jab and they don't want any part of it. What does that tell you? Policemen are just like me. I'm not a professional, I'm not a medical, an MD, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a scientist. I just do a lot of reading and I know what's going on. But nurses directly confront the reality every day. And I get a lot of anguished letters from policemen, firemen and nurses and and, and all my listeners who all tell me stories about friends, parents, children, uh, uh, policemen, firemen uh, in their unions who got the jab. They're 50 years old. They're 48 years old. They within an hour had a stroke or within two days had a heart attack and they're dead. This is going on all over America. And guess what the death certificate says? They died from COVID or they died from a heart attack or they died from a stroke. It never says they died from the vaccine. As a matter of fact, that's one of the ways they lie about how many people are in the hospital who are unvaccinated, supposedly. Because if you die of COVID within 14 days of getting a vaccine, you count as unvaccinated. Did you know that? Within 14 days of getting the vaccine, if you die, you're counted as unvaccinated. So lots of people get the vaccine, immediately get COVID, they die, they call them unvaccinated. This is insanity. This is Nazi-level propaganda. And it has to stop. I also know, by the way, Sam, that the reason they're able to say, or have been until now, able to say, most of the people in the hospital are unvaccinated. Most of the people who die are unvaccinated is because they're not using last month's stats, they're using January stats when the whole nation was unvaccinated. So everyone who died was automatically unvaccinated. So they look you in the camera and they tell you, everyone, 99% of the sick people are unvaccinated and they're using January, February and March statistics where everybody was unvaccinated. Therefore, everyone who died was unvaccinated. They're looking in the camera and lying while well, the new numbers are 80% of the deaths are actually vaccinated. Right. Isn't that
0: amazing? That's, that's so disingenuous. Let's, um, let's switch topics kind of and talk quickly about the border. Mm. Um, they're releasing a number of people into the United States and for some reason, they're not vaccinating them all.
2: None of them. None of them are vaccinated. None of them are checked for COVID. None of them are masked. None of them are vaccinated. And they put them right out into the heartland. I used to think it was the entire Mexico and Central America. Guess what? Now it's the whole Haiti. I mean, if you don't think things are bad, then check out 14,000 thousand Haitians under a bridge in Texas last week. And all of them, well, 90 percent of them released back into the United States. A few token Haitians were actually deported to make it look like Joe Biden was trying to do something, uh, you know, that would not outrage the average American in the Midwest. But the reality is, while he was looking, it was a shell game. While you're looking over there and they're sending 100 Haitians back to Haiti, uh, they're taking the other, you know, 13,900 and quietly in the middle of the night, releasing them into the heartland of America. It's a disaster, not because they're Haitian, because they're illegally here. Many of them are sick. They're living under a bridge in unsanitary conditions. They're sleeping, uh, you know, right around their own poop and pee. By the way, that sounds a lot like the streets of San Francisco. So it's happening everywhere. And it's disgusting. You know, I read an article yesterday. New York looks just like San Francisco now. My beloved New York City, everywhere you step is poop and pee and drug needles. In the middle of the garment district, poop and pee and dr- I-, I think in the past, I believe you were a top model, right? So you've been to the garment district, Sam. It, it used to be fine. But under a communist named de Blasio, it's filled with poop and pee and needles and people ODing in broad daylight on a street corner. I saw the photos of people dropping dead or shaking on the ground after they just injected themselves in broad daylight. This is what you get when Democrats are in charge. That's why I wrote the book, The Great Patriot Protest and Boycott Book. I made sure everybody knew the full story, what happens when Democrats are in charge, how we have to respond to it. This is rules for radicals for conservatives. This is like Sololinsky's book for conservatives, teaching you how to be a guerrilla warrior and how to intimidate, just like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton always have. They're the minority, and I'm not referring to the color of their skin, Democrats are the minority in this country. Liberals are the minority. Conservatives have the majority. We're the silent majority. We've got to become the loud majority because they figured out how to let the silent, excuse me, the loud minority get everything they wanted. They've steamrolled us. Uh, their agenda has steamrolled us for the last 40 years because they realized if you scream, if you protest, if you yell racism, if you sit in, if you lock arms, if you boycott, if you threaten Pepsi and Coca-Cola, you get a nice distributorship for yourselves, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, and you convince them to do liberal things to make uh, you know, your community happy, but you do nothing for the rest of us. We have to fight back the same way. I teach you how to do it, and I give you the phone numbers, the emails, and all the contact information to go after all the biggest companies in America, the great Patriot protest and boycott book.
0: Okay. So last question, Uh, this is going to be a fast one, but I have to ask you because my understanding is there are like BlackRock and other very large investment firms that go to uh, board meetings and impose on the board to behave in a woke manner. Yeah. And then, and they threaten their jobs. Yes. So, so, this can only go so far, but do you think that this can exert that much pressure? I mean, if there are enough people involved in calling and protesting, right? Um, there, it should go far enough to push back against that uh, that um, the power that these these investment companies wield, right?
2: Yes, I mean, my argument has always been that the politicians are not the ones in power. They don't have the power. The corporations who give them the money have the power. And they're bought off, too. Let's not be naive. They're bought off by China and BlackRock and Wall Street, just like the politicians are. But there's one difference. Politicians can ignore everything you and I say and all our listeners and fans say, Sam, but the corporations can't because the CEO will lose his job if he has two quarters in a row where his sales are down 20% or 30%. We can bring them to their knees. I don't care what BlackRock says. I don't care what BlackRock invests. Uh, And that's why the one guy contacted me over the weekend with such a great sign that literally he said the CEO of Nordstrom and Costco Personally emailed him back and asked what they've done wrong and what can they do to make sure that he doesn't boycott them from one email to the CEO from my book. What email? What if we mm-hmm. sent them one million emails? They're gonna respond. We have to fight back. Yeah. And just and do I have time for one more example of how to fight Absolutely. Back? Go ahead. Las Vegas is not New York. We still go to every restaurant and nobody cares if you're vaccinated. And so I've announced on my radio show, this is an example of how you fight back like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Rules for Radicals. I I bring together 10,000 people every time I call a rally in Las Vegas. That's the kind of following I've got in Vegas. 10,000 people respond. The first restaurant that says you can't get in unless you're vaccinated, I will bring 10,000 people to their front door to block the entrance every night till they go out of business and the next one will think twice before they do it. We're going to make sure Vegas never gets to that point of New York, San Francisco, or LA. We will bring them to their knees and put them out of business if they dare to tell me that you can't come in my restaurant when you've spent money here for 20 years because you're unvaccinated. So All of us need, I hope I can inspire all of you to do the same thing in your city before it's too late. Nobody did it in New York City. No one did it in LA. No one did it in San Francisco and it's too late. At the very moment they're thinking about it or just starting it, Get thousands of people or hundreds to stand in front of restaurants and pick it and lock arms and block the entrance till you knock them out of business and they starve and they'll all think twice about ever doing it to us again. We better start acting like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton or America is finished.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I'd also say that you can find restaurants that aren't insisting, um, even within those communities where yes, you the law says that that they are right. And, and you right. just you start supporting those businesses And uh, and abandon the other ones, you know. Right. If
2: you still have a job and you have money to even go out to eat. I mean, that's that's how bad it's getting, Sam, is everyone's going to lose their jobs. But maybe we need to boycott our own businesses. I just found out the Vegas newspaper is where I used to be the star columnist. And they went liberal and they got rid of me. And since then, all the columns have been anti-Trump and very liberal. They just announced that every employee needs to be vaccinated By October 15th, where they'll all lose their jobs. You're fired on the 15th of October if you do not have the jab at at a newspaper that used to be the most conservative newspaper in America that endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2016. So maybe the employees of that newspaper need to be picketing in front and bringing that newspaper down because they won't have any employees anymore, just like the police and the fire and the nurses won't be there anymore. It's all happening in front of us. People are that. committed to not getting the jab that they're willing to give up their jobs that's saying something, there's something bad going on in America and the world and we gotta fight it and and this Mm. is my way of fighting it the Great Patriot Protest and Boycott book and I'll come out in the next month with a series of other ideas for free in columns that will help us fight back the intimidating Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton way with civil disobedience good enough for Martin Luther King, good enough for us Sam.
0: Yep, I love it Wayne Allen Root and the book The Great Patriot and, pa- and Protest Boycott Book The Great Patriot and Protest Boycott Book you can get it anywhere find books are sold say thanks for coming on with me this is the Sam Sorbo Show